0: Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Jamel Gibbs, your family-oriented entrepreneur. Welcome to another podcast episode. This is the Business and Investing Podcast, where you learn all things business and investing related. Today, we're gonna talk about something very specific regarding real estate investing. Obviously, you guys know how I feel about real estate investing in general. Uh, This is a real estate investing related channel, although we do talk about other things. But today, we're gonna talk about something that a lot of you guys have been bogging me down with, and that's opportunity zones. How can you get started investing in opportunity zones? What's the benefits of investing in opportunity zones? And how can you take advantage of those benefits in order to be able to grow your real estate investing portfolio? Now, I've personally listened to this particular uh, guest today a few weeks ago, When I personally was looking into opportunity zones to invest in, and I learned a lot from our special guest. So I reached out to him. I said, hey, man, I need you on this uh, podcast. And he was willing to hop on, willing to come on and, and really share everything that he knows. Now, he's definitely a wealth of knowledge when it comes to this particular subject. He's a real estate investor in Houston himself, killing it right now. And uh, we can even talk about some of the the deals he's done in the Opportunity Zones in Houston. Now, lo and behold, I I didn't tell you this, Malachi, but when I watched your episode, just so you guys know, check out the episode that he did with Bigger Pockets. In fact, I'll link it in the description box so that you guys can go ahead and check that out. That's the episode that I personally watched. Uh, It popped up on my screen out of nowhere. And uh, I said, this is something that I'd like to take a look at. Uh, I learned something from it. I continued my education and I've been investing in real estate for over 20 years. Uh, This is something that you want to continue to do. This is how you learn new things. This is how you expand your your, your mind. This is how you expand your wealth, right? You learn new things and then you apply. Uh, That's why I provide information on this podcast so that you guys can learn from it that you can take this information so that you can apply. Information without action is useless. You got to be able to apply the information uh, that you learned. So uh, today you're going to learn something. Uh, but like I was saying, um, I didn't tell you this Malachi, but right after that podcast that you did with the bigger pockets uh, team, what I did, I went and looked at every property that I have um, um. and I saw which ones were in opportunity zones and which ones weren't. I didn't even right. know some of them were in opportunity zones. Right. And then that thing that you, t- you talked about uh, until I think it's 2047, so 27 years or something like that. Right. As long as you own it for. But that's stuff that we'll talk about once we get into the, to the meat of the conversation. But I think if you own it for over 10 years, uh, you alleviate the taxes or something like that. That's something that we can discuss. But I learned a tremendous amount uh and i think that podcast was almost two hours i think i told you that i don't sit and listen to certain podcast episodes for that long that thing felt like it was 30 minutes long and it was over two hours man so great episode fantastic uh, information on it
1: appreciate i
0: appreciate you uh hopping on this podcast malachi sims what's going on my
1: man not much man i hope everything's going well uh thanks for giving me the opportunity to come on the podcast and, you know, you know, talk about this uh, tax law, which I think is the the best tax legislation I've, I've seen in my life. And, you know, a lot of average everyday investors uh, can benefit from it. So, you know, glad to be here.
0: Oh, man, it's a pleasure, brother. So listen, obviously, uh, I've gotten a chance to know you over the last couple of weeks. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself so that they know where you're coming from and when and uh, when, when you speak uh, what position you're speaking from.
1: No problem. Uh, so I'm a, I'm a CPA here uh, based in Houston, born and raised in the Houston area. Uh, only time I've not lived here is when I was in college uh, at Morehouse in UT. Uh, you know, went, went to school, came back home, been a CPA for over 20 years, uh, working, you know, uh, you know, in a wide variety of different sectors. Uh, started real estate investing in around 2011, and I kind of let my knowledge of the tax code kind of guide, you know, what I invest in. So my wife and I, uh, we primarily focus on affordable housing and renting single family housing in the Houston area. uh, We're at a point now where we, to take advantage of this law, we build the homes that we rent uh, in opportunity zones only, or specifically, and we rent those homes, you know, to a wide variety of tenants, whether those be some are long-term, some are short-term, uh, some transitional housing, you know, we just mix it up depending on, on what's best uh, for that property and what's best for the area. So you're
0: not necessarily buying, fixing, and renting properties. You're buying the land, building the houses within these opportunity zones, and then instead of selling the house, you're um, cashing out of them and keeping the properties, right? So you're you're essentially yeah. doing the burr that you're building. Correct. Exactly. houses rather than buying yeah. existing structures. Right,
1: right. We're, we're Burr investors. We just substitute the buy for build. Now under the Opportunity Zone law, you can actually do both. So all they care about is significant improvement in the area. So obviously new construction counts as significant improvement. So we tend to focus on that because we like to have, you know, a brand new product. And we just think it's easier to do new construction then to go back and, and try to rehab something, you don't know what kind of you know surprises you might run into. But rehab works, you know, just the same. Yeah, absolutely, man. What I
0: what I like about and you can correct me if I'm wrong. What I like about uh, the build model is as long as you own the land, the, the it's much easier to get the loan on the correct. land because you can use the land as the down payment on the right uh, as your skin in the game, so to right, speak. Right,
1: correct. So if you if you own the land. When you're building, you typically, unless you pay for everything cash, you'll typically get a construction loan to do mm-hmm. the project. And when banks obtain your land, they have to give you fair value for the land. So they have to, quote unquote, buy it from you at fair value. So if you have equity in the land, then you can use that as your down payment on the construction loan and essentially not have to pay anything to get into the deal. You'll, see, right. you'll still need, you know, bridge money throughout the deal, you know, during your construction loan because the bank doesn't pay you back. They pay you back via draws on the back end of what you built. Mm-hmm. So you'll still need finance. You'll still need money for that, but that can also be financed too. But it's, it's a lot easier to walk in. If, if you got the dirt, that's half the battle.
0: Got it, man. We're going to get into all of that stuff. I definitely want to talk about the, the build and hold model in opportunity zones and, and why that's beneficial. Uh, I think, you know, and, and just to give you guys a little bit of a, um, an idea of where I'm going with it I think building to hold is easier than buying an existing structure because you never know what's behind the walls on an ex- on an existing structure Most definitely. but when you're building you can literally calculate the cost for what it is and you know what you're going to spend going in rehab too
1: because mm-hmm. you know if something goes wrong in one of my properties now I, if I took pictures throughout the entire process so I know what's behind every wall, I see a leak come from this area i know exactly what pipe is behind there where my weak spots are so it helps with maintenance you should if you build your house right you obviously should have deferred maintenance on it so that saves you money but when something does go wrong i mean you built it so you should know where everything is
0: that's right what size homes are you building like square footage
1: wise uh between like uh 1100 to 1500 square feet so when we get yeah. a, a plot of land we try to obviously put as many homes mm-hmm. on the land as possible. So, mm-hmm. an average size lot here in Houston is about 5,000 square feet. Uh, that can roughly get you two to three homes, depending on how the land is configured. So, mm-hmm. if it's if, if you can get three homes on there, they can be between that 11 to 1,300 square foot range if you only stick to two levels. Uh, mm-hmm. If you if it's a, a corner lot or so where you can fit three homes, I mean, where, if it's not a corner lot and you can only fit two homes on it, then you can getting that 1500 1600 square foot range also with two levels now if you go three levels you know you can put more square footage just cost more money
0: yeah absolutely yeah out here um for every acre um you could fit three houses per two to three houses per per acre pretty much so like if there's 10 acres i could probably get you know obviously we need roads and stuff like that we could probably fit a good 25 almost 30 houses on 10 acres let's just say. okay you know what I mean? so, so know. they
1: make you they make you reserve a lot of a lot of the space for land is what it yeah, sounds
0: pretty much yeah. yep okay yep. so quick question man like how did you get started in real estate
1: uh from good friends believe it or not mm. so uh well the first house i bought i actually bought from my mom right mm-hmm. so i really got into real estate i would say when I lost my home, when we lost my childhood home when I was in the fifth grade. Uh, Mm -hmm. It was in Third Ward, where I'm from, where I live now. And we lost the home because we couldn't afford to keep it anymore. So that, And then from that point on, we had to move, you know, way across town and, you know, live in an apartment until I graduated high school. And I just got to see, you know, I had to meet all new friends, new school, the whole nine. I could just kind of see, you know, the impact of not having a home and becoming Mm -hmm. a renter. So I say I really got interested in real estate at that point so I could make sure I never lost my home again. Uh, So the first home I bought for her uh, so she could get back in the house. My second home uh, I bought for myself and that was really, I guess the beginning of my journey because I picked a home uh, based on one of my friend's guidance who was in real estate. I picked a home in in an area where I would have a lot of equity going forward and the equity in that house is what allowed me to buy uh, the other houses uh, in my portfolio when I first started. So I just I was just blessed with good friends that were already involved in real estate. and when I was making my initial investment decisions, they kind of held my hand and guided me and told me, you know hey, you should invest in this area because it'll appreciate you'll get the equity, et cetera. Uh, and one of my other good friends actually sold me and found me my first um, investment property. Uh, once my first son was born, he knew I had a son. How long ago was that? That was twenty eleven. Twenty eleven is when you bought. when you started
0: investing, or
1: that's when I started. That's when I bought my first piece, my first uh, investment house. Twenty eleven. Okay. So gotcha. my son was coming in twenty twelve. I had a good friend uh, that was already involved in real estate. Actually, he was on your podcast, Onaje. Onaje oh, Barnes. Onajay Barnes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. That's so, my God, Onajay, man. matter of fact, yeah. Yeah. I mean. For those of you who didn't, Onaje he buys apartments, uh, in Houston, and also in his apartment complexes he looks for additional space where he can, right. like for example, in that episode we we were talking about how he uses the additional space for for laundromats. I'm gonna right. link that podcast up in the up in the uh, cards for you guys to check that out. Make sure you watch that episode as well. Onaje is a great dude, man, and right. um. He's killing it right now in Houston. Yeah,
1: he's killing uh, it. That's that's my guy. His
0: wife just released a book uh, about a year ago as well, man. So um, definitely check that out. Uh, Check that episode out. You'll get all that information on there.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's my guy. So Onaje and I uh, went to college. World, man. Yeah, yeah. We went to UT Ah. together. I I was there for grad school, and and he was a a sophomore, I believe. Anyway, we're in the same fraternity, so I pledged him in college. Uh, Okay. We both moved back to Houston. We're both from Third Ward, both from the same neighborhood. So, Mm -hmm. you know, up 2011, 2012, before then, I didn't have any children. So at that time, I was about to have my first son. And then the talks about, you know, generational wealth and all that kind of got a little more serious. Onaje was already, you know, involved in real estate investing. So he already had a couple of homes, uh, but he knew it was something I was kind of interested in, but that I... I wouldn't necessarily, I, I was having hesitations because, you know, all the fears of, you know, typical investing and it might cost a lot of money. It's, it's hard to find tenants, yada, 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 all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So he mm-hmm. found a dynamite deal house, $30,000, $30,000, a three bed, three, one house that didn't need much work. And instead of mm-hmm. buying that house for himself, he gave the house to me so I could buy with the thought being, hey, man, get this house. You'll see how easy it is because it's not, you know, it doesn't need a lot of work. It's your rent easy. And once you see how easy it is, I think you'll continue to do it. So that's how yeah. I
0: got involved. Gotcha, you, man. Yeah, he's a good dude, man. He looked yeah. out for you on that one. I'll tell you looked that. Looked out, big sure. time. Looked you out. I, yeah, I, man. I,
1: I paid him back in a few ways, but yeah, he, he looked out initially.
0: Yeah, Understood, man. That's what you're supposed to do, right? Help him exactly, out. yeah. Along the way. Help each other out, man. Help that's, each that's other how out. You, that's how you make it happen. That's right, yep. man. So so what was the mindset shift? Let's, let's, let's kind of hop into... So, you you've done fix and flip before uh you've done fix and hold i'm I'm assuming right right what was the mindset shift that it took to go from fix and hold using the burr into build and hold
1: okay so it was really two things and again this is where another friend of mine uh, comes into play um so 2017 the tax law changed right so we got the opportunity zone law which hit the books and gave us, you know, again, a crazy great piece of legislation to encourage people to do new construction or significant rehab. Uh, right around that time, I actually built my own house. So I moved into into my own house. Um, during the building process, uh, another friend that I was, in, that another mentor of mine um, kind of let me know. He was like, hey, man, you... You're, you're, you see what it takes to build a house because you're pretty involved in building your own house. You can do this on a smaller scale. If you can build your home, you can build something smaller. And with what you kind of already know with the law that's coming, you know, these are the areas where, you know, things are, are going to develop. So he took me to his old neighborhood uh, where they had a 150-acre 150 150 acre development uh, mm-hmm. called the East River Project uh, that was set uh, to come to that part of Houston. And land at that time was still cheaper in that area. So it just made sense to, you know, get in from the ground level, buy some land while it wasn't expensive and replicate what I was doing from my own home there on a smaller scale. And it all fit within, you know, the elements of the law to make it attractive from that standpoint. So it just it just all came together. So that's that's how I got involved in building. And at the time, um, our prices in Houston, you know, kept increasing. So it made more sense to build instead of buying new because you could save money building and have a new product, right? right.
0: Unless you're, you know, even in a market like this, as we start making a transition into a buyer's market, um, you may not get a, a- aggressive pricing like we were over
1: the last couple of years, but if you hold it long-term, it really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're still going to save money. And no. because whatever, whoever builds that house or rehabs it or whatever, they're at a lower price point Obviously, so they can make profit. So you can be at that lower price point and sacrifice the profit up front, like you said earlier, to do your bird, to do your cash out refi, to get the house for free. So You can't, you know, think about this, man. You really can't lose. Look at a house. They said the market
0: crashed in 2008. It did, right? right? But look at a house in 2008 versus a house today. A house back then was still cheaper than it is today. You're still going
1: to appreciate in value over time. Exactly. It just makes sense, especially when you're holding. Exactly. So you just you just need to make sure that your construction price is 75 percent of whatever the comps are. So you can get the house for free and then you need to make sure that your construction price will rent out on a long term basis. So you're protected from that from that standpoint while you hold it. As, As long as those two things align, you can't lose. So let's, let's, let's talk about that for a second. When you say 75% of
0: the comps, you mean built homes or are you talking about, you know, uh, land in the area?
1: Uh, Built homes, finished homes. So if you want a house, a free asset, you essentially can go in any neighborhood and say, hey, what's selling over here? Right. OK, I see all these homes. They're selling for 300 each, 310, 350, whatever. This is what my comps say they're selling for. OK, well. If I can build something for seventy five percent of that, then when I do my cash out refi at the end, they're gonna use right. those sales comps to give me my to, to, to set the basis of what a house is worth. So my seventy five percent of those sales comps will give me all my money back that I spent on construction. So now and you that's have
0: including sales. the cost of the land
1: as well, right? It should be, yes, including the cost of the land. When I say so construction should... cost, I mean all cost. Everything. Yeah. You that's should right. be at seventy five percent or below
0: got it man so what are you building homes for per square foot these days
1: it really varies it depends on um, on what you put in it and, and really the price of lumber at the time okay. so I think the last home we finished we were in the in the 90 range or so uh, got it for, for full completion but that was cool. at the height that was at the height of lumber being high and mm-hmm. additionally it also depends on cause you know it's just a formula right Mm -hmm. your cost per square foot so obviously if you build smaller homes say i build a home that's 1100 to 1300 square feet my price per square foot is inherently going to be higher because i have a lower number to divide it by you see what i'm saying so really you really have to look at what you're building
0: that's right that's right man so at the end of the day between the land and obviously the more land you buy right uh you're gonna I, I personally think the more land you buy, the the more effective you're gonna be when you're building because you're getting land for cheaper. Correct. You know? um, and then when you put the houses on it on top of that, as long as you're seventy five percent all in, so when you go to refi cash out at what is it, eighty cents on a dollar or something like that, right. You're gonna be able to get all your money back. Everything and be able to keep the property. For free. I mean? Free for house, free, exactly.
1: Yep. And then you, and then you depreciate it. So you actually make money from a depreciation. Yeah. But, man. So. Yeah.
0: So. Are, so you're doing this in opportunity zones at the moment. You're looking it's, for the land in the opportunity zones.
1: Correct. Because it gives you another tax break. So everything we just described about building works anywhere. Right. But if you do it in the opportunity zone area, then if you hold that property for 10 years, you can eventually sell it and not have to pay any capital gains up until 2047. That's a very long time. On top of that, that depreciation that you took on the house, you don't have to pay that back either. So typically, they have depreciation recapture. Whatever you took or that you were supposed to take, when you sell the home, you got to pay the government a tax, usually in the 20% range, a tax back on the depreciation that they gave you. But with the Opportunity Zone law, you don't have to pay that back either
0: got it so let, let's dig into the opportunity zones a little bit then we'll tie it all together so we spoke about how you're you're buying land and i'm assuming you're getting this from wholesalers and, and obviously this is the stress land, right
1: if i get it i take it anyway i can get yeah. it MLS home sellers yep. church lady right. I mean, anybody that anybody that knows someone that's selling land in houston let me know
0: so you buy the land you right. have your team together where you're obviously building the land. You're doing this within Opportunity Zone specifically. And then yes. let, let's talk about what is an Opportunity Zone for, for those of you, for our listeners who don't know.
1: Okay. So it's, it's essentially an area that the government has said we want to see improvement in this area. And we're going to give taxpayers a tax break to come in and invest their capital. To make the areas better so we don't have to spend our money to make the areas better so the zones or areas were designated at the state level so whoever runs the state legislature decided these are the areas in houston or whatever city you live in that are going to be opportunity zone areas and we're going to give you a benefit to go develop these areas
0: so there's obviously some obstacles when it comes to investing in opportunity zones What, what are some of the cons that that you can foresee
1: if any the only con is that you, well, really, there is no con. Actually, I can th- there's no downside. I would say the only con is that you have to hold it 10 years to get the tax break. But if Got you it. sell before 10 years, there's no penalty for it. You just pay the tax that you would have paid anyway. So right. I really don't, I don't see any downside to it at all. So there's
0: really, it's not costing you anything. The only difference is if you don't hold it for 10 years, then obviously so for example, I I have a house um in an opportunity zone right now. Um if I decided this year that I wanted to sell it, I'm gonna just pay the regular tax on it. But if I hold it for 10 years, then I won't pay any tax.
1: Yes and no. So the it doesn't apply to homes that you owned already prior to 2017. They have to be new purchases, new construction or new rehab so if you have a home rehab so if, yeah.
0: yeah
1: so if it's a new rehab as long as you have your structure properly like you bought it under your opportunity zone fund and we can get into the structuring later as long yeah. as it's structured properly and you held it for 10 years and did all your due diligence then yeah you can sell it up to 2047 and not have to pay tax on it wow man I would appreciate so
0: Obviously, there's a there's a ton of benefits to this, I man. Let, let's talk about, because now you, you sparked my interest with the uh, with the structuring it the right way.
1: Right. Um,
0: if you purchased it, and then after the fact, you found out that it was in an opportunity zone, could you go back and do the paperwork to... No. You can't? No.
1: Oh, wow. You so how, how does you that... So you almost... Have to gotta be, you got to do it right from jump. So there are a few things you need. A... The property has to be in an opportunity zone, right? So that's either Uh, You go, you just Google opportunity zones for your city, Mm -hmm. and they'll usually have a map. And you can type in the address, and it'll tell you if it's an opportunity zone or not.
0: Got it. I'll I'll share a link in the description box where I use, you know, I, I literally did exactly what Malachi just said. I went to Google, searched for maps of opportunity zones, and then on that map, you can actually type in your zip code or the property mm-hmm. address, and it'll tell you if there's an opportunity zone or not. So I'll link that in
1: the description yeah. box
0: for you guys. Right.
1: And type in the specific address, not, not the zip code, because I've seen instances where one side of the street is OZ property and the other yeah. side. isn't. So literally like,
0: across the street from my property?
1: Literally across um, the street. Talk- yeah. Yep. I've seen instances where literally across the street, one one side one is side yep. the criteria and one side doesn't. So type this. Okay.
0: my property just made it into the opportunity across the street from my property. It's not an
1: opportunity. Oh, wow. Okay. yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. So you want to you want to, you know, be real specific when you search. So that's obviously step one. Make sure the property is OZ property. That's step one. Step two, your initial investment into the OZ, like what you use to purchase the property Mm -hmm. has to be made with capital gains specifically capital gains. You have to sell something and cash out of some type of investment, something to get the money to invest in the project. So the government's earned. Yeah, the government's saying we're going to give you this break, but we need a little taste right now. You know, Mm. so we got it. We got it. We got to tax something. Not now, not at this specific date, but within a few years, we need to be able to tax some of these capital gains to encourage you to to pull out of your investments. Give us some early upfront tax dollars. And then we'll give you this larger break at the end. So oh, see,
0: I didn't catch that before. So basically, the money that you invest into the opportunity zone—let's say I sell this property now—I'm right. going to pay capital gains on it. Right. I it would be it would benefit me to take the money from this property and put mm-hmm. it into an opportunity zone. Yes. Uh, Correct. Property where I'm going to go ahead and
1: okay. Correct, because you have because you can only invest. With capital gains dollars, now mm-hmm. the tax, the capital gains tax that you owe for what you just cashed out, you will owe tax on that, eventually, wow. but not right now. At the it end of furry. at the end of twenty twenty six is when you have to pay the tax on that, but that Got gives you, an extra four years, to invest in something and make the difference of what you would have to pay the government anyway. You know, right. so that, that's why I say there's really no downside. So. Wow, man you just make sure you invest with capital gains and then you have to make sure that it's structured the right way. So all of the investing has to be done in an entity called a Opportunity Zone Fund. And that's basically a company, you know? So just like most people have their real estate that they purchase in an individual company anyway, it just has to be in a designated company. And 90% of the assets that you put in that company have to be invested in Opportunity Zone property.
0: Okay, that's so it. Just, just so I can, so I got it clear, um, and, and this is for everybody listening as well. So I have a property in Florida, and I have another property here in North Carolina, and I'm going to be selling over the next month. All okay, right? I'm probably going to cash out about a hundred grand between the two properties. So okay. what you're saying is take the hundred thousand, mm-hmm. put it into a separate fund that's put, put it into an
1: opportunity zone fund. And we're literally, literally going to call your it your own opportunity zone fund. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how do you structure the Opportunity Zone fund? It can be an entity. It can be a, a LLC, corporation, partnership, just just a separate entity.
0: Okay, and yeah. just create the bank account for that entity.
1: Well, create create the entity itself, the separate okay. entity. It's a, it's got to be an actual entity.
0: And then a bank account on top of that, because Correct. obviously the money has to go somewhere, right? And then Correct. take
1: that money. Yes. And now invest that into the Opportunity Zone. So you cash out. You take that hundred K. Mm-hmm. You have 180 days to get that 100K Six months. into the Opportunity Zone fund, which is your new entity, okay? Get that 100K in that fund within 60 days. Okay. I mean, okay. within 180 days. And then, within 180 days from that, you have to get that money into some type of investment. So, you got a year, basically. Essentially. You got a year, basically, to start on the investment. Now, when you get the money in the investment... Then the next step is you either have to build something new or do significant rehab. So they count okay. significant rehab is basically saying whatever you bought it for, that's how much money you got to put into it. Think of it that way. All right, so, so if I you, buy- take that, you take that 100K and you go buy another house that's 100K, then you have to put 100K into that house. Or wow. you take that 100K and you go buy five 20K houses. You have to put twenty k into each house. Each house, or you take that hundred k and just build something from the ground up. Then whatever you build is just what you build. I got you. Okay, so it has to equal. So if
0: if, so, if I buy something for fifty k, I got to put fifty k in rehab into
1: it, pretty much. Pretty much. Now, now technically, you have to put the price, the value of the actual physical building, because you know land land has a value too. So if you buy something for fifty k. the land is worth 10k then the building's worth 40 40 you gotta match the 40.
0: okay i got you yeah it makes perfect sense man so what if i took half of let's say you know i I know i got let's say 100k right what if i took 50 percent of that money could i do that as well
1: yep you don't have you you can you can break it out so if you take the 50k and you decide you want to keep the other 50 you pay tax on your 50 now Mm -hmm. and then The tax you would owe on the other 50, as long as you invested correctly, 2026 is when you pay that.
0: Got it. Oh, man. This is helping me out big time personally, man, because now I can defer that money. You can defer it. Yeah.
1: 2026. And and whatever you owe in taxes, you should be you pick the right investment. (laughs) You should be able to pay that back in four years. Right
0: now could you use private money to do this as well or it has to come from capital gains has to be capital gains okay
1: it has to be capital gains so that's why now you see most of the firms and this is what why i'm glad you know i had the chance to talk about this on bigger pockets because i'm talking to the the average smaller investor right Mm -hmm. so most of the opportunity zone stuff you see they are bigger firms large firms basically telling you hey come give us your opportunities on money and invest in our project when you can go make your own fund and invest in your own projects.
0: Mm.
1: But, but it has to be capital gains. Has to be capital and gains. And again, the capital gains, so say you wanna build a house that costs $300,000, you don't need $300,000 of capital gains. Mm-hmm. You only need enough capital gains to get into the deal. Because like with other parts of real estate, same thing with the bird Method, you can borrow money to to build your house or to complete your investment. So you can still use leveraging uh, with the program. You can? Yes, okay, can. But that has to be capital gains money as well? It doesn't. You need capital gains money to lock up the deal. So, so just, just purchase. Just, to, just purchase. Just, just purchase. To, to keep it simple, let's just say my 20% down on an investment property, I need my 20%, my purchase to come from capital gains. And okay. just like I will borrow that 80% from a bank, I can still borrow the rest of the money got it so let's uh-huh. say
0: for example if it's a hundred thousand dollar property as long as the twenty thousand came from capital gains to lock up yes. the deal the eighty percent could come from the bank and we're good so Eighty percent
1: right now there's one caveat to that you know typically when you do the burr you do the cash out refi right mm-hmm. at the end uh whatever you invested in capital gains has to stay in that property for at least two years you can't they they don't want you you know, taking money and then going to do the cash out and then getting a big windfall later based on that money supposed to have been in that account. It's called a disguise sale. So it's got to sit at least two years.
0: So if I buy an apartment building with the money um, and use that, that the funds, let's say it's a hundred thousand and I buy, um, I don't know, an eight unit apartment building for 500,000, let's just say. Right. So as long as I have the hundred thousand sitting in the property for two years. I can't burr it out until right. two years later. So my terms right. with my lender would have to match the fact that I'm not going to cash out for two years.
1: Right. Well, you can burr it out. You just can only burr out and get 80%. 80% you can
0: leave my 20%. Leave in. your
1: 20% in. But if you build something from, from ground up or all the rehab work that you do, all of the amount that was financed, you can burn it out and get all that back. Just not okay. your capital gains part of the investment
0: keep the 20 percent in there
1: mm-hmm.
0: okay got yep. it man understood this is good stuff man so so obviously most people they look at opportunity zones but they re- really don't understand um you know how to invest in opportunities i think you just did a great job with breaking that down
1: man so you know it's just, it's just like any other investment it's just got to be you just have to use capital gains to get in and you have to have it structured properly in in, in your proper entity and make sure you hit those deadlines and criteria. So make if I get in, make sure I get my money moved over within 6 months. Make sure I get into a property within 6 months. And then make sure that 90% of the money I move over is in some type of property because what they don't want is you cashing out and just letting money sit in the bank for 4 years trying to get a tax break. Like it needs to it needs to get it needs to be invested in the property.
0: Let me ask you this, man, and this is just a, a random question, because I'm, you know, I know you mentioned capital gains before. What if I, I bird out? Let's say, I, uh, I guess it wouldn't count because it would, you know, uh, uh, a loan is really an untaxable event right. at that point. I was going to ask you though, what if I were to refi, cash out the money to invest into the opportunity zone? But then I, I think I just answered my own question. Yeah, you kind of know where I'm going with it.
1: Yeah, yeah, you got to You got to sell something. You got to sell the asset. It right. has to be sold. Has okay. to be sold. Yep.
0: And he and he, and this can can apply to any type of property. It could be commercial. It could be as long as it's within an
1: opportunity zone, right? It applies. You, you talking about to pull your capital gains from? No, I mean it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It can be uh, any type to, t- to invest in. To invest in. It can be. In. It can be. You can pull your capital gains from any type of asset. It doesn't have to be a house or property. It can be jewelry. It can be crypto. It can be stock. Mm. It, you know, any it can be comic books, any of that stuff. Anything that that has that counts as sell of a
0: business, yeah. right?
1: Yep, you can sell it. Mm-hmm.
0: Anything, so so yep. you can pull your capital gains from that. Yes. Um, and then as long as you invest that money into another property, it doesn't have. It could be land, it could be commercial, it could be a regular house within an opportunity zone. Yes. Then you're good. Doesn't you're good. matter the type of property, right?
1: Nope. Doesn't matter, Perfect, man. As long as it's new or you improve it, then you're good. Now,
0: obviously, there's a difference between short-term and long-term capital gains. They both count. Right? So they they say say that again.
1: They both count. It's capital
0: gain. Wow. Okay.
1: Now the now the only difference is going to be um, to you, right? Because the tax rate on a short-term gain is higher than on a long-term capital mm-hmm. gain. So when your tax bill comes due in 2026, just know you're going to owe more money on it but it's still yeah. capital.
0: So what if I keep the property? What if I decided I want to buy a property, fix it up and then keep it for a year just to you know, alleviate the short-term capital gain and then the the day we hit a year, sell the property. Now I'm just paying on you're going to you know, pay the
1: you're going to pay the tax you would have paid anyway. Right, exactly. Right. Yep. Exactly. so the, the, the tax the tax you defer on that short-term gain the short term, whether it's short or long term, the tax you defer to get into the project, you're going to pay your capital gains tax on that. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to pay your capital gains tax on the investment that you just built. Got it. Got it. That's, that's it. Great. You just you just pay the government what you would have paid anyway.
0: Anyway, oh, penalty. Right. Yeah. that's right, man. So let's break this down for, you know, for our listeners. Um, I'm I, I think I got a full 360 understanding of how this works at this point. I may have some more questions for you after. Okay. I'm trying to think of anything that our listeners would ask in order to be able to take advantage of these opportunities. Because I'm honestly, I haven't, you know, I was blind to this type of investing until a couple months ago when I heard your, when I heard your podcast episode. And then it just opened my mind up to a whole different world of investing. Right. I've heard about Opportunity Zones before. Uh, and I've been doing this for 20, over 20 years, man. So it's like, Whenever I learn something new, it's like I'm like a kid in a candy store because I love real estate so much. Right. That, you know what I mean? Right. I so mean. I'm just trying to ask questions that I know that our listeners might have as well. Okay. Why don't we provide them with a step-by-step process? Let's walk them through a a, a real type of scenario. It doesn't have to okay. be a real transaction, but a real scenario of how you go from – finding the land to building a house within an opportunity zone to uh, saving money on the taxes and why it it behoves them to keep a property for 10 years and and why they should take advantage of this up until
1: 2047. Makes sense. Okay. So I'll walk you through what I do. And it's a mixture of building in general, but doing it in an opportunity zone. So my goal at the end of the day is to get a free asset. Using the bird method just by building instead of buying, okay? So I'll look for opportunities on property. So in my city, I'm in Houston, um, you know, a common myth is that these are bad areas, like bad property. It's, It's not. A lot of these areas are great areas to invest in. So in Houston, for example, one third of all of the inner city property in Houston is opportunities on property. So the first thing I'm gonna do. I'm going to look at the, look on the MLS in Opportunity Zones and see where I see sales activity, comps, okay? I, where, where are a lot of houses being sold? That's important because that's going to help me with my financing later on. So I'm going to identify the areas where I see lots of sales and then say, hey, whatever they're building in this, whatever's selling over here, can I build that for under 75%? Mm-hmm. And the answer should be yes, because in theory, the builder is building to sell, right? So they plan on making some money. You're saying, forget the money for now. I wanna sell to the bank and use the equity to get the asset for free. But that's step one, identifying in an opportunity zone where you have lots of sales comps, okay? Now I see lots of sales comps in that area. I'm either gonna look for land in that area or homes that need significant rehab, okay? I've identified that, I see, I see what land costs or I see what it'll cost to purchase a property that I have to fix up, you know, a fixed rubber. Then you take your capital gains, sell something and take your capital gains and use that to either purchase the land or purchase the property that needs new development. You still with me? Yep. Okay, so now I've taken my capital gains and I'm gonna use that to purchase the property the, the property or purchase the land when I make that purchase I'm going to make it using my qualified opportunity fund which is my entity that I have set up that's going to hold this property for at least 10 years that, so that that entity owns the property I Malachi I do not own the property Mal- so can Malachi, you, go ahead can, can I use a trust
0: as well versus an LLC as long as it's an entity right
1: uh that i'm not sure of um i don't know i don't That's know true. if a trust is allowed so i'm not Honest sure answer. yeah i don't know uh yeah i don't know but you i know banks lend to trust i just don't know if their entity type is allowed to make right. the purchasing i'm not sure i got you okay, okay. That's but fair. yeah you get the you, you make the purchase with your entity with a Qualified Opportunity Fund. And I just don't know if a trust counts as a Qualified Opportunity Fund. Anything, I just don't know. I don't know. Um, but you make the purchase with your Qualified Opportunity Fund, okay? Six months. I have six months to get my money, my capital gain money that I cashed out into that fund. And then I have another six months to basically start the work on that. on that, to either start new construction or start the rehab work on that. Now then I'll go... To go to my personal tax return, and I'll fill out a form that lets the government know, hey, I sold a capital, I sold something and created a capital gain, okay? And I'm letting the government know that I'm not, I'm not reporting tax on this now because I put that money in an opportunity zone fund. So that would be a form eight nine four nine that you fill out with your ten forty. And it just lets them know that, hey, I sold something, but I'm deferring tax because the money's in this fund. And then whatever entity you form, you'll fill out a form 8996 to let the government know this entity is a qualified opportunity fund. So, so now I've done my paperwork. OK, now I got my money in the fund. I let the government know I sold something. I'm not reporting tax. I let the government know this is my qualified. This entity is my opportunities on fund. And. I'm I'm letting you know that that's what it is, right? So now, I have to hit the the benchmarks to make sure that 90% of the assets in that fund are invested in opportunities on property. As long as I do that, I build whatever I need to build. I do my rehab. I make sure if it's rehab, I make sure I I invest what I, I make sure I, my rehab cost equals what the purchase price was minus land. Uh, and then I hold that property for 10 years, then I can sell it tax-free if I need to sell it. And that's it. And then, yeah, that's it. And at the end, when you go to the bank and do your burr to get your construction money back or your rehab money back, you just make sure that whatever you invest in the capital gains, you keep that in there in the property for at least two years.
0: So if it's a hundred grand make sure a hundred grand stays in the property if it's 20 make sure that stays in the property
1: make sure that stays in the property for at make least sure two years in. don't don't, don't burn gonna- that don't burn that portion out and then come twenty twenty six I now owe tax on whatever capital gain amount I cashed out previously to get into the investment I have to pay tax on that twenty twenty six right so and if, if I took out a hundred I owe capital gains tax and recapture on that hundred then. So do you feel like it's beneficial to
0: simply, you know, I think this is a great way for an investor to start investing. Cause I'm, I'm thinking as an investor now, if I'm borrowing properties and I'm pulling out untaxable money, right. You know, up front, does it benefit me to put that money into an opportunity zone or is, yes. it, is this a better way to, uh, start in an opportunity zone but then just keep turning the money over because you're not going to necessarily pay taxes on it
1: right now anyway I, I'll say the best way to start is in the opportunity zone because at that, when you cash out at the end, say, say you want to cash out in 10 years from now mm-hmm. you're going to have a tax free exit to do whatever you want mm-hmm. you know the, the government has a lot of tax deferred options, they don't have very many tax free options this so is a free option yeah now t- 10 years from now you you can walk away with all those gains untouched so I right. don't see why any I don't see why anyone would invest well I see why they would but if, if you're doing the work anyway right so this law is perfect for people that do rehab work no matter what if you're not used to doing rehab right. you know and you just want to buy you want to buy a house and it's ready move in day one you want the keys you want to turn key this isn't for you but if you're doing significant rehab already or new construction is perfect for you. The only change you have to make is do it in those designated areas and make sure you use capital gains to get into the deal and do oh, your paperwork. But for, But for those investors, if you don't mind rehab or new construction, it doesn't make sense to do it in an area that's not going to give you a tax free escape. I rather have that. You know, it's all about your exit strategy in real estate at the end of the day. Why not have a exit strategy that you don't have to pay tax on?
0: I mean, bro, this is like, I can't believe this is even legal,
1: man. This is... <laughs> Me either. It's the, it's incredible. It is, it's it's beyond incredible. It's, you can basically, I mean, you get 25 more years to not pay tax? 2047. And 20, not pay tax or depreciation recapture. Both of so them. I'm, so I'm... I'm 40, I'll be
0: 42 in a few months, right? Right. I literally won't have to pay tax until I'm 60. What is that, 67?
1: Yeah, uh huh.
0: 67. And then oh. I'm going to tax, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be in a different tax bracket or not at that point, but. Correct. The whole, you know, the whole point is, you know, that's like almost, that's like never
1: paying taxes. It can be, especially if you, I mean, if you start investing in your 30s, your 40s, you know. That's a, a significant part of your, of your lifespan. And on top of that, we're still in a period this year, it goes down some next year, but you still get 100% bonus depreciation right now. So if you, bonus, if you do a cost seg study on that apartment or whatever you're going to build, you can get all that, a lot of that upfront depreciation, like 25 to 30% of your property value. You might be able to get upfront bonus depreciation right now and then you don't have to worry about paying it back as long as you hold it 10 years you don't have to pay it back so if i buy an apartment complex that's a million dollars right Mm -hmm. let's just walk through the numbers i buy an apartment complex that's a million dollars uh or or, or my total cost is a million dollars right Mm -hmm. um that's all in with rehab and everything yeah yeah let's just say i'm all a small one right Mm -hmm. let's Mm -hmm. say i'm all in for a million well i can do a cost seg on that now and get bonus depreciation for a portion of that. Everything that has a useful life of less than 20 years, I get bonus depreciation on. So let's just say I do bonus depreciation on 25% of that. So now I can write off two hundred I can write off two hundred and fifty thousand dollars right now today. And I can take rents of up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars without paying tax on it. I mean, wow. Or I can use that deduction to offset some of my other investments that I have income on by two hundred and fifty thousand dollars today up front and as long as i hold it 10 years i don't ever have to pay the government back that money that they gave me
0: wow man so let's put that in layman's terms for everybody listening how would you simplify that
1: okay so if if you invest in real estate well i'm sorry in that in that example it'd be 39 years. well I, i'll go back to it so you invest in real estate one of the biggest benefits of real estate is depreciation. Yep. That's the government basically saying, whatever you spent on this asset, we're gonna give you your initial investment back over time. Mm -hmm. So if it's single family, that's typically 27 and a half years. The government basically gives you back, you know, like 3.5, 3.6% of your investment every single year. If you're in multifamily, like an apartment complex, you know, property like that is typically 39 years that they give you the money back but for portions of your house or your apartment that have a useful life of less than 20 years so stuff like um, special lights or countertops or concrete you know things like that if it has a useful life of 20 years or less the government this year will let you take a hundred percent of that depreciation Mm -hmm. now next year it drops down to 80%. Then the next year after that, it drops down to 60%, then 40, mm-hmm. then 20, unless you know Congress changes the law. right? But as of now, the laws are on the books. This year you get 100%, next year you get 80%. So that's bonus depreciation. Resi- uh, real estate investors take bonus depreciation all the time. The only drawback to taking that is when you sell the property, they have something called depreciation recapture. So that's the government saying, okay, we gave you this, but we gave you this depreciation, this free money, right? We gave it to you, but now that you sold the property, you got to pay us back. A tax, a portion of that is typically like twenty percent, a twenty percent range of the tax you have to pay back on the money they gave you. But in this program, you don't have to pay it back when you sell the property, as long as you hold it for ten years. Listen, everybody
0: listening to this podcast right now, you need to listen to what Malachi is talking about. The government is giving away free money <laughs> right now. Essentially, long story so,
1: short, the government is giving away a lot of free money right now. A
0: lot of free money is a, it's a great money. time to be a real estate investor. Yes,
1: so great if you time. Just, fantastic, just think if you if you have a home, the government right now theoretically can give you twenty five to thirty percent, between twenty to thirty percent of the value of that home back, if you yeah. have the proper paperwork. Mm-hmm. which is from a cost segregation study. You get a cost now, what, segregation what, study. Go ahead. What if this is, what if,
0: well, finish what you were going to say about the cost segregation study.
1: Oh, so if you have the proper paperwork to get your bonus depreciation, the proper paperwork would be some you paying someone to come in and do a cost segregation study for you. Mm-hmm. So quick question for
0: you, man. Um, what if this isn't an investment, but it's your personal residence? doesn't count. How does that apply? It doesn't count. Doesn't count.
1: Your personal it residence doesn't, doesn't got it. Well, got it. So well, maybe. So, a personal residence that you only live in doesn't count. But in a in a realm where a lot of people do short-term rental, then that's a business portion of your residence. That part does that count. Part. Yes. Or what if it's a let's say a house hack? House hack House hack counts but not for um, opportunity zone because it has to be uh, purely business. Business. Got
0: yeah. Got it. Got it.
1: Yeah.
0: Man, the government is really giving
1: away free money. Right. And but the cost but the has nothing to do with opportunity zone. Mm, That's just a, a a benefit of real estate investing. That's always been there. It's just yeah. that this year is one of the last years where they give you 100 percent of it. Quick question. Do you feel like opportunity
0: zones will always be around? I know that they're no. they're, you know, we're benefiting it from it until 2047, but do you feel like they'll do it again? Because no way. obviously areas get older. They want to pick up certain areas. You feel like No. I mean, how do you what do you what do you foresee?
1: Oh, only if we get another president that's a real estate investor like <laughs> the one was <laughs> that yeah. put this law into effect. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't. I don't see it ever happening again. It's gotcha. it's tax free, and just the government doesn't do tax free. Yeah, they do tax deferred, but not tax free. Right. So no, that's right. I, I don't see anything this good ever coming along again where they give mm-hmm. you a a tax free exit. Even your four hundred one k and all that stuff isn't tax free. Yeah, that's yeah. right,
0: man. Do you feel like? going in okay we have until 2047 you feel like they can change the laws anytime between now and then to prevent something like this
1: from taking place can they in theory yes yes they could but i don't see it happening i mean so just look at the last just look at the uh the act that biden just passed right so they couldn't get the they 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 had to strip that bill of Things that would have raised taxes on the wealthy already, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, no, I don't I don't see something happening that would pass that would pass legislation to, to get rid of it. I think that I think the real estate lobby and all of that is just, you know, just too strong.
0: That's right, man. Yeah. Listen, guys, if you are even on a on, you know, the fence of getting started investing in real estate, this is to me, I you know, I wish I would have known this 20 years ago. You know, this is something that I wish I had an uncle that told me, you know, look at us as your uncle who's telling you to get started or your brother or whoever, your your family, your relative, the, the friend down the street who buys all the houses. Look at us as those guys telling right. you that right now is the opportunity to be in real estate right now. It's
1: never been better.
0: It's never been better. It's, it's
1: never been better. So, So this is what this is what the government gives you right now. To encourage you to invest in real estate. Um, a, they give you depreciation like they always have, right? Mm-hmm. So if it's a business property, real estate, you're gonna get the, the rent that you get, at least 3.6% of that or whatever your basis is of your house, you don't have to pay income on whatever your depreciation offset is. That's benefit one. If you have it structured properly as a business, you're a small business. They give you a qualified business income deduction, so that knocks off 20% of your revenue <laughs> that you don't get taxed on. That's probably going to go away too uh, when this tax law mm-hmm. end, tax act ends. But you still you get so you get depreciation, you get the QBI deduction, which knocks off 20% of your income, and then you get the opportunity zone law, where if you invest in the right area, you don't have to pay tax on it as long as you hold it 10 years. So they're giving you at least, let's see, 20% QBI deduction plus 3.6% just from depreciation. So each year you're knocking off 24, 23.6% of your income going into the deal. And then on the back end, you're selling at at a tax-free exit. And in the Mm -hmm. interim, if you borrow money, because again, you need 20% to get into a deal, right? Well, the government just gave you at least 23 percent. Well, they just gave you a 20 percent break on income. Right. You need 20 percent to get into the deal and then you can borrow the other 80 percent. If you do significant rehab or new construction, the amount that you borrow is going to pay back what you invested. And you don't have to pay tax on any of that because debt is not taxed. So you can get a house free and you can sell it for free. If you just hold it 10 years, there's no better time to invest in real estate than right now. Free houses all over the place. And, and people think
0: obviously you can literally get a free house. But when people think numbers, you know, they're not looking at, uh, you know, literally getting a free house. But these are literally free houses when you do the math.
1: Free houses when you do the math. And most importantly, you know, we always complain about um, people coming in and changing our communities into what they want it to be. This is the option for you to go change your community to what you want it to be. And it costs you zero. And you got to do all you have to do is have a
0: little bit of knowledge, which was you know, li- this is literally everything that you needed to know. Yep. Take this information and do something with it. That's all you have to do. Stop being on the fence and go out there and do something to make a change for you and your family. Build that generational wealth. Build that passive income. That's what this channel is all about. Time and freedom. Yep. Right. Creating. Long-lasting wealth for you and your, your you and your family. This is how
1: you get it done. Amen. It's nothing better. Amen. Nothing better. Nothing better. And and then on top of that, again, if you stick with the build with the new build, um, you're going to be in at the lowest price point. So you're going to have the most equity yep. to use to go invest in other things because your price point is lower. And here here's another thing, man. You know when it comes to new build.
0: I'm a a huge advocate of new builds primarily because, number one, I know what I'm putting into the house. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to own the property for at least 10 years, I'm not going to have a headache for 10 years because everything in the house is new. Exactly.
1: Yep. Lower maintenance. Yep.
0: Exactly. Way lower maintenance. Way lower maintenance. So you're building a house, you're getting paid for the house way you know your maintenance is not going to match anywhere near a a regular rehab house would Mm -hmm. would match and you're going to have high quality tenants Mm -hmm. people like new stuff so when they move in they're willing to pay a premium for living in that new place yep so there's benefits all the way around and then on top of that getting the tax depreciations and the tax benefits uh, from buying in an opportunity zone, there is not a better investment out there. I don't care what, what, what it is, who you talk to, real estate is the way to go.
1: Way to go, Tax
0: free. So Nothing else is tax free. That's right, man. So if our listeners wanted to get some more information on how this actually works, Or get in contact with you, man. How would they do that?
1: Oh, they can uh, catch me on Clubhouse or on Instagram at uh, DKingMalakai, DKing K I N G M A L A K I. And I'm gonna make sure I link that in the
0: description box. Now you mentioned a book. You said tax-free wealth. Tax-free um, wealth.
1: I think it's by Richard Wainwright, I believe. But just go to yeah. Amazon and Google tax-free wealth.
0: Yeah, and I'm gonna pick that up as well.
1: Yeah, um, I it. haven't.
0: That's one book I haven't gone through myself, and I and I go through a lot of them. Man, so tax-free wealth. I want to make sure I link that. Are there any other book recommendations that you would recommend to continue the education?
1: Um, never split the difference is is That's a great one. Yeah. That that those are my favorite too. Tax free wealth and never split the difference. I I think that one applies to just the art of negotiation in life in general, yeah. not not yeah. just business. For sure,
0: man. Um and when someone's looking at land, you know, I have my own theories on it, but it really is it it all boils down to numbers when someone's looking at land, what advice would you give them for picking the right land and the and paying the right amount for it?
1: Uh highest and best use. So You just need to make sure you know what you can build on that land Mm -hmm. and what the rules that what the city rules and the homeowners association rules are for the land. So you don't ever want to go, don't go into it thinking this is what I want to do with the land. Your thought process needs to be, this is what I'm allowed to do with the land. And can I make money based on what I'm allowed to do with it and what's being built around me? Because to get it, to get it tax to get it free requires the bank to give you the to allow you to do a cash out at the end for it. And the bank needs comps. So mm-hmm. if there are no comps for what you want to build, then the bank likely isn't going to give you a loan for it. But if you have comps, then they'll give you a loan. So that's what I'm saying. It depends on think of it as what can I do with the land, not what I want to do with the land.
0: That's right. That's right, man. So we got Tax-free wealth, we got Never Split the Difference. I'm going to make sure I link all of your details in the uh, uh, description box below this video. If you're uh, listening to this on a podcast, it'll be in the description as well. If you want to watch the full episode uh, you know, rather than listening to it on a podcast, be sure to check it out on YouTube at Jamel Gibbs. Uh, And if you had to provide our listeners with some last words of advice, um, whether it be about The market condition right now and why this is still a huge opportunity whether it be you know just getting off your behind and doing something what would those last words be
1: uh get involved now you know get your education well actually get involved now get your education level up uh, and don't waste time learn what you need to learn so you can start investing now Uh, beat inflation by by getting invested in assets real assets and Uh, Get your credit in order. So Mm -hmm. the only way that all of this stuff is free is is if your credit is is stellar. And I forgot to mention uh, the number one book uh, that that I think I buy because I I don't want to get shot. It's actually my wife's book called The Price of Perfection uh, that she just put out. And you could uh, find a link to that book uh, on my Instagram page.
0: Cool man, I'm going to make sure I link it. Uh, for you down below as well man tell your wife congrats on that book appreciate it i tell
1: you that.
0: yeah man that's the price of perfection i like that name i kind of just basing it off of the name it kind of tells me what it's about already man so that's uh you know, i'm looking forward to checking that out so with that being said man we, are, we definitely appreciate you you mentioned something about credit what type of scores would right. you need to do something
1: like this uh i say to get lines of credit probably in the 700 range. Mm-hmm. To, to, to really get to really get good rates you know yeah um yeah, absolutely. yeah. To, get, to get good rates yeah man yeah so a, you know, again, man.
0: build up guys that's what this is all about improve your situation if you're not there yet wholesale your way wholesale money you pay yeah. capital gains on wholesaling too right so build your money up through wholesaling if you have to mm-hmm. you know um while you're wholesaling build up your credit Get your credit scores right. Start building relationships with these banks. But more importantly, get educated and you know, start looking at these opportunity zones. The details Please. that you need will be in the description box to get started. Contact Malachi on Clubhouse. Contact him on social media. Um, but more important than, than anything, go out there and actually take advantage of the opportunity. Do it. Make mistakes. Fail forward. Don't be afraid to to... to um, fail and then pick yourself back up Amen. and continue pushing forward. That's the only way you're going to learn. Malachi, were you an expert with opportunity zones before uh, you started investing in them? No, no. Were but, but you an expert at building and holding before you started doing it? No.
1: no. You just did it, right? Just did it. And I did point. it and had good friends to help along the way. And, but most important, listen to what they told me to do. So that's why I say get educated. It's nothing yeah. you can't learn. That's right, that's right. So at the end of
0: the day, it's about having a little bit of information, but right. a little bit of information to take you a long way when you start taking action. Right. Uh, it'll it'll all become crystal clear to you, and you become an expert over time. So just get out there and do it. Take massive action in order to get massive results. Let me know what you guys thought about this podcast in the comment section. Let me know what else you want to see. If you want us to have Malachi back to talk about. Maybe we go into more detail on building and holding. Uh, Whatever the case may be, leave a comment in the comment section. I'm happy to have them back. Uh, This has been a fantastic podcast episode. I picked up a few gems and I've been doing this for a long time. So I know you have as well. We thank you for joining us, Malachi. And uh, having to have you again, my man.
1: Appreciate it. Love to be back. Great, great episode. Uh, Glad to help. Yeah, man.
0: And I'll see you guys on the next one. Peace.